0: So the Max and Woncast got its first sponsorship, Max. You want to know what it is? Tell me, please. It's Anchor. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about Anchor, Max?
1: Well, I know it's free, and I know they have a bunch of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast, whether it's from your phone, your computer, or whatever you're using. But I know one thing. You know a lot more about editing than I do.
0: Yeah, most definitely, bro. I'm the one that steers this ship as far as edit-wise, but what I like about it. I like that you can distribute your podcast automatically, all in one place, to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more, like Google Podcasts. You can also make money from making your own podcast with no minimum listenership.
1: It's everything you need in a podcast, all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Link in the description, guys.
0: Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Max and Juan cast. My name is Indeed Juan with my co-host right here. Go ahead and introduce yourself, my brother.
1: Shockingly, my name is Max. I don't know if you guys got the hint, but um, I'm excited to be here. Just a little bit. (laughs) Excited to be here. Being the first podcast, we wanted to give you guys some background information on us. I'm an Eagles and Lakers fan. I do enjoy all sports, but my favorite two sports are basketball and football. Juan, what about you?
0: My two favorite teams are the Raiders and just like Max, the Lakers. Shout out to Raider Nation out there.
1: Yeah, Juan just got his Raider fan card this year. Shockingly. One of those guys.
0: That is (laughs) completely false.
1: (laughs) So I want to ask Juan, who are your five favorite athletes? And they can be anybody past, present. Just who you got who do you like well I mean
0: number one first and foremost I mean Kobe Bryant no doubt I watched Kobe growing up rest in peace um Kobe Bryant definitely Kobe number two still don't believe it all right man um number two will be Ray Lewis he is indeed probably my favorite defensive player arguably nfl player of all time um number three the reason why i started watching football believe it or not is Pay manning and just to tell you the fandom the the fan love that i have for this guy i'm a diehard raider fan and the year that they went to the super bowl against the panthers i was low-key rooting for the for the broncos man and it hurt me, but that's how much I love Peyton Manning. Growing up, I I more love them as a Colt. I love those Colts teams. My third will be Brett Favre. I love the way Brett Favre played the game. You know, gunslinger mentality. Had fun out there. Looked like he was a little kid playing ball in the backyard. I used to love it. I love Brett Favre, man.
1: Was it close between Peyton and Favre, or was it pretty no, obvious? It was Peyton obvious. Too? Peyton. It was
0: obvious, and. I'm kind of torn with five. I mean, I love LeBron, man, just just as a as an athlete in general. I mean, he fits all the boxes. The guy's almost fucking perfect. I mean, what 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 is there to complain about him besides that he switches teams? The other guy that I was split between was probably Charles Woodson. I mean, it was hard rooting for Charles Woodson when he was on the Packers, but Probably that's the most recent guy besides LeBron on my list, because I mean, Charles Woodson at an old age played safety for the Raiders. So but surprisingly, only one Raider on there. A lot of them are non Raiders, but those are my five. I've honestly kind of like five and a half, six. I I couldn't really pick that last guy. It was between LeBron and, and Charles Woodson, especially that LeBron won a championship.
1: I honestly thought your whole list was going to be Raiders, so I'm really? pleasantly surprised by the variety of it. I mean, yeah, come on. Your gamer tag it has a Raider in it. So All right, come on. go ahead and uh, shoot yours. I just used active players for mine. I don't know why. At the time, I was just thinking just active guys. And number one for me was, you know, L.A. Braun. Now that he won a championship, we can call him that. Uh, number two, surprisingly, is Roger Federer. He's a tennis player, and I've never played tennis as a kid. I suck at it. I hit the ball like a mile every time. I can't even hit it on the court. But I remember was waking up one morning, and I was watching tennis, and I was like, man, this is so cool. I can't fathom how these guys do that, you know? Um, my third would be Anthony Davis. He was my favorite NBA player for a long time other than LeBron. You know, LeBron's such like an institution. You have to be like, oh, that's my new favorite player because everyone says yeah, LeBron, definitely. right? Fletcher Cox would be my fourth. He's an eagle. You know, he's just like a stalwart of the Eagles. I watched him when he was a rookie. We won a championship, the first one. That was great. And my last guy was KD. I know he took a lot of heat for being soft or a cupcake, but I've always loved KD. He's a killer on the court. You can talk about the burner accounts and stuff, but KD's my guy. He's the best scorer in NBA history in my estimation. So those are my five. I know they're pretty modern, but I kind of went a different route than one. Hey,
0: I like it. I mean, besides... Besides KD, I mean, I can't I can't hate you for that. To be honest, if you're a pure basketball lover and putting everything aside as far as all the antics and all the side shit, what's not there to love about a seven foot guy that can shoot, dribble, pass, dunk? He He's the whole package, bro.
1: It's it's crazy. This isn't even a topic we're going to go into, but I just thought I just thought about it. Do you think the NBA has more like a sideshow than the NFL? Half of
0: their news is off Twitter, so that just goes to show you like how of a side, how much of a sideshow they are.
1: I also feel like the NFL, the sideshow is a little like worse. It's always just like guys getting arrested for doing dumb crap, and the NBA, it's always about like people doing dumb stuff on Twitter. That's not really like bad, you yeah, know?
0: Definitely. Well, let's switch to a sport that doesn't really have the side antics, and I just want to get right into it of a great weekend of football. Starting with my Raiders with the heartbreaking loss against the Kansas City Chiefs, which all props to them. I just want to say this before we even start talking about it. The Kansas City Chiefs are indeed the best football team in the NFL. They are the best team, even though Pittsburgh is 9-0 right now. The Kansas City Chiefs, they have the best quarterback. They probably have the best tight end in the league arguably right now got the best head coach. And that's just a hard combination to stop, man.
1: It's crazy to say that about Andy Reid that people are are considering the best coach in football now. And for so many years he's been like the butt of so many jokes about time management. He can't win the big game. And it's it's nice to see a guy who like he has all the pressure off him now and now he's just flourishing even more than last year, I would say.
0: Definitely. I mean it's kinda I I kinda like what Chris Collinsworth said before this Super Bowl that he had or really really these last couple of years with Mahomes it's like he was really looked at as a guy who was a great play caller but they didn't really get that Lombardi Bill Belichick like status you know what i mean and now that he's won one he's automatically with those guys cuz i mean you can't knock him i mean he has he has all he has all the things on the resume that you want from a coach he has all the wins he has all the all the road wins, he has the playoff wins, and now he finally has that Super Bowl win with more coming, probably, to be honest, with this quarterback that they have.
1: It's honestly funny to think about because there was times in Kansas City where people were calling for him to be gone. You know, with Alex Smith, they had so many postseason failures. They blew that huge lead to the Colts with Andrew Luck, and it's really nice to see the Colts, like, stick it out with the guy, you know? I feel like too many teams now, this is like getting a little bit off topic, but too many teams now, it's just they hire a guy for one year. And it's like, what are you really going to do in one year? You have to try to build something, you know? Yeah,
0: especially now. I mean, now I feel like more than ever. I mean, quarterbacks now are only getting a year or two. Probably not even that. I mean, look at a guy like Josh Rosen. I mean, he didn't even get that much time. Or even Dwayne (laughs) Haskins. It's just tough out there, man. But. Speaking of quarterbacks who had a lot of time to prove himself and is still
1: proving himself, how about Derek Carr? So I'm looking at my notes, and this is what I had. I said, is DC the guy? And that's positive because there's been so much doubt about him. Now I'm like, this guy is the guy, right? What do you think as a Raider fan? I think he's the guy, honestly. I've watched every single
0: game of Carr's career, and by far that was the best game of his career by far and he dueled it out with the best quarterback in the league and he is the guy he is the guy man because every time that we've had put weapons around him he's done
1: his job like last night he did his job he did his job. It wasn't his fault. I mean, I just wanna make one thing clear. You look at the stats, the one pick that one pick had no impact on the game. That was just a chuck it up. They're trying to make a play when your team's up against yeah, the wall, nah, you know. That that
0: that doesn't even that doesn't even go I mean it's gonna go on, on the on the stat sheet, but I mean that just goes to show you how stats yeah, are, and I just, are very, very deceiving.
1: Yeah, and I just hate that about people are gonna look at that and say, Oh, he threw a pick. Well, if you don't know the context of the interception There's not even a point to talk about it, you know? That had no bearing on how the game came out. And this is the first time that I've seen him. uh, Not
0: first time, but these last couple games, what I have been seeing out of him that's been really, really good to see is when he has pressure on him, he's throwing. I like to to call them like off-script throws. Like those throws where a guy's draped all over you or you just made a guy miss and another guy's in your face you got to throw the ball off your back foot or you got to throw it sidearm you're trying to run for your life and you just throw these absolute dimes i mean patrick mahomes is probably the best example of it but Carr has been looking really good with it man because in years past there's been times where he's just awkward and like I like I tell people, it's not that Carr is un He's an athletic guy. Like he ran a good 40. He has a good vert. I don't I don't understand why he's he's not more of a of a natural runner. But this year he's really showing it, man. This year he's he's knowing when to run run with the ball. He's he's learning how to move in the pocket. He's not looking so awkward, you know? He's not awkward in the pocket. I don't
1: I don't feel I don't feel nervous when a guy's draped all over him right now. And that hasn't been the case for a lot of years, I would say. I've watched a good amount of Raider games, and usually he just curls up in a little ball. Since he broke his leg, it's really nice to see the aggressiveness. And just to build off what you were saying with the off-script throws, he had one to Waller. He stepped up in the pocket guy all over him. He, like, flicked it to him over the linebacker. and Darren Waller picks up a crucial first down. I mean, every first down against the Chiefs is crucial. you got to just try to keep up with them. And like you were saying about Carr, the off-the-script stuff is so good right now. That's just building off what he does good normally. So now instead of being like a five quarterback, he's being like an eight. He was hitting everyone. I mean, besides, <laughs> he was hitting everyone, including our fullback,
0: who <laughs> I don't know, man. He just, I don't know if he ate too much popcorn or what, but my man's had Butterfingers last night, and there was, I, I counted three throws myself. I counted one to Nelson Aguilar. That he should have caught. My man just went back to his Philly days. But. (laughs) But. (laughs) Stop. But Nelson Aguilar dropped one. And then Alec Engle dropped about two first downs. One of them. It could have been more. It could have been a big gain. But I mean. Besides that. I mean. It was hard. It was hard for Carr to miss. Man. He was in the zone. He was in the zone. And to be honest. I think our offense was too much in the zone. Because as the Raiders were driving, I wasn't so scared that we weren't going to score. I had so much faith that we're going to score. But I was just looking at the clock. I was like, man, we've been scoring within five to three minutes of drive. We're going to leave way too much time for this guy.
1: And that's what and that's what exactly
0: happened. We scored too fast.
1: Honestly, I thought you guys did a great job, and I was like, man, they're killing a lot of time. And then I looked at the clock, and I was like, it's not a lot of time, but damn. And this is what I want to ask you this question. Are we at that point with Patrick Mahomes, or we just expect magic? Like, he, we expect he's going to go out there and win the game like we do Russell Wilson and Tom Brady? Are we at that point right now? Yeah,
0: it's it's no doubt. I mean, I'm
1: scared with 35
0: seconds on the clock.
1: He's He's the best to do it right now. So, I, I really quickly want to ask you a question. If Patrick Mahomes, right now, tr- Hubie trusts in him is what, 100%, you would say? Yeah, 100%. What do you think? So, what do you think Derek Carr's is right now? I would say 70%. I mean, I would put a little bit more because
0: I just feel like has always been clutch. I've, I've never felt like Carr has ever backed down to that. Even with bad teams, I've always felt like he's been clutch. I will I would put it I would put it at about an eighty five to an eighty.
1: I would say more like going into the season going into next season, going into the future with the team trust, not just single game, late game situations. Is that still the same oh, number yeah. for
0: you then? I, I I don't think there's no doubt. He he has to be our quarterback. I mean, just just when you break down, I was looking at, at his at his salary for the next two years. And if he keeps on playing like this, it's going to be money in the bag. Like he's only getting paid about 18 to 19 million, you know, and other guys in the league like Jared Goff, who are not really playing up to their potential. And you have this guy in car who's playing like a top 10 quarterback and you're not even paying him top dollar. That's hard to come by unless you draft a rookie in the first round.
1: His contract definitely became a bargain. And it's funny to think about just a few seasons ago, or maybe last season, people were talking about it like he might get cut. The contract is an albatross, and, like, you can't get rid of it. But now the opposite is true. So I think it is a bargain. And this is something I just had written down. Would you say a good tagline for this game was Raiders drop the ball? Literally?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a good way to put it. I mean, it came down, it came down to our defense, man, but. I didn't – did you think the defense played as bad as as the
1: numbers look? Considering that they were sitting out the whole week due to COVID, I would say they played pretty damn well. I feel bad for Abram because I think he's a hell of a player, and he made two bonehead – one bonehead mistake. That unnecessary roughness, that's just his aggressiveness. I think he's going to learn to, like, take it back just a hair because I think he kind of needs to, you know. Sometimes he's a bit too reckless. And the last play – He's a rookie. He has to learn. He's not a rookie, but he didn't play at all his rookie. He played one game. He's going to learn that, and that's Patrick Mahomes making magic, man. He steps up. Patrick Mahomes was baiting him the whole time.
0: As far as Abram, I mean, he's still a great player, man. He, he. I mean, like like you said, man, he's a rookie. until Until he plays at least a full season, he's a rookie, and he has a lot of learning to do, but. I'm learning uh, we have a, we have a young defense, man, and I, and I'm loving the 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 guys who are making plays out there. I mean, to be honest, one guy that I thought that really showed up tonight that we we're missing and I'll, he gets a lot of flack is to be honest, Clean Farrell. I think that loss was really big, man. It was really really big cuz the guy doesn't get sacks, but he stops the run and that's huge for us, and I just felt like there was a lot of plays in that game where they're getting four-yard, five-yard gains just because our guys couldn't tackle. I mean, I love Max Crosby, but in the first half, he missed a lot of a lot of tackles that could have been no gains or even negative plays, and I just feel like Cleon Farrell makes those plays. And besides Jonathan Hankins, I mean, he's our best run defender by far.
1: I definitely think he gets pressures, and pressures are valuable. I know he missed a lot of tackles, right? But I thought he did a hell of a job of actually getting pressure. He was being disruptive. I saw him a lot of plays whoop Eric Fisher's butt. You're talking about Max Crosby, right? Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about Max Crosby. I mean, he
0: Max played well, man. Max Max is good. Max is a good player. He sniffed out a, a reverse that the Chiefs ran. He he had a couple of pressures. He had he had big he had big tackles for losses. I mean, he was doing his job out there, man, but I just feel like with Clean Farrell on the other side, it's just it's 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 big for us man and i mean not a lot of people are going to talk about it and i mean guys are going to look at the stats and say oh this guy has zero sacks he must not be that good i mean if you want to look at it like that that's fine but the guys out there causing pressure he's he's making plays in the run game he makes an impact and sometimes with especially that position i mean sacks aren't everything you will love it for him to get sacks but he's an impact player And he's better than anyone that we had last night because we had a lot of we had guys like Chris Smith. We had David Irving playing right there. I mean, I love Arden Key, but Arden Key's not good against the run. I mean, a lot of the guys that were on the defensive line last night, they're one trick ponies. You know, they can only do one thing
1: for a team like you guys that struggles getting pass rush. You don't want to have one of your starters out, you know, and just to finish up about Max Crosby. I think he had a good game. But what makes you kind of mad is like he could had a great game, right? And he really could have had a great game. They're still in the playoff picture.
0: They're still, I, I still feel like they're going to make the playoffs. The Chiefs are a great team. The Chiefs gave us props, and it was a great game, man. I love to see it. it. It was a great game to watch. Great game to watch. I'm glad it was on Sunday night. I'm glad that the Raiders put up a fight and didn't get blown out. I mean, all props to the Chiefs.
1: They're they're a great team, man. My, my final thoughts are about this game. It would have been really nice for the Raiders to be 7-3. and three. You know, 7-3 and three just looks a whole lot better than 6-4. and four. But I think this proves the Raiders are for real. They're not a bad team. They're a good team. They've hung with the best team in football. I agree with you on that point. I don't care the Steelers' record. They've hung with them and beat them one out of the times, and they could have beat them twice tonight. The next team that we're going to talk about with the Indianapolis Colts, who pulled
0: off a great win at home against Aaron Rodgers and
1: company. So, really quick, before we get really into the game, first, it was pretty sloppy in the beginning, right? There was fumbles, there was a crappy interception by Aaron Rodgers, who I think he's still playing really good at a high level. But here's my question to you about the Packers. Are they just, like, the best first-half team in football? Where they're just, like, so ready in the first half, and then they just plutter out?
0: It does help that they're not down once the game starts because they love getting their run game going whether people want to admit it or not, I mean, the Packers are a run first team. I think that's that's obvious because I mean they want they want to get the run game going with Aaron Jones and they got it going. They got the pass game going with Valdez Scantling and Devontae Adams and they started putting up points and especially their
1: defense. I mean their defense is pretty decent. I feel like their defense I want I like them a lot more than like how they play, right? Like, I like them. Like, I'm like, damn, that's a really good defense. But then they get out there and they don't play that great. I like the corners. I love the safeties. The D line's pretty good. I feel like they're just missing something. I don't know if that's scheme or that's just personnel. They don't have a lot of like size on their team, which kind of scares me. Because last year, I've never seen a team get run down. Like, the 49ers ran down their throw. It was bad. Yeah. It was bad in years past. I mean, I want to say they
0: have the recipe to have it to have having- an. Elite defense. I mean, they
1: arguably got what a top three corner in the league, in Alexander. Definitely would say top five. Top three might be a little close, but you know he's in that discussion. You got he's a what top, top ten right. defensive tackle and Kenny Clark? Absolutely, and maybe a top ten edge rusher and uh, Zaire. The top ten edge rusher in exactly. Zadarius Smith. They
0: got the they they got the other guy on the other end. They got Preston Smith. So, I mean, they have all they have all the tools to be a, an elite defense. I don't know what it is. At the end of the day, they still rely on Aaron Rodgers. And it was funny. <laughs> when when the Colts came all the way back and the Packers were, were down by, what, three? They were going down the field. I think they started on the eight-yard line. And I seen that little thing on the TV with the AWS from Amazon or whatever. And they have, you know how they have, like, the
1: win probab- probability that pops up? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And those things have just been taking, those have been some tough looks for my guys, the Amazon win percentages lately. <laughs> I mean, the
0: thing said 16%. And in my mind, I'm like, does this thing know that Aaron Rodgers is playing quarterback? I mean, the guy made a beautiful throw right down the middle of the field. I mean, he just literally rainbows it right to, right to Scantling. They're right back in it. They're driving downfield. But, to be honest, I felt like they had Indianapolis on the ropes. Don't you think? I mean, they spiked the ball to save time, but I feel like they were just wasting a down. I felt like they should have just kept on running plays.
1: I agree with you 100%. And this is like the Packers in a nutshell, right? They did nothing on offense for what? The whole second half? They didn't do anything? Basically. And as soon as they get down by three and the chips are against them and they need to score, they go right down the field, man. It's like, what are you guys doing? I don't understand. But I agree with you 100%. And I think if they didn't turn the ball over in overtime, they are probably going to win that game. And that's just a tough way to lose a game. It was. Man. It's tough. It's really tough because they needed that game. I would think that home field is
0: important to the Packers, don't you think? I mean, even with COVID with no fans, I mean, you still want to be playing in Lambo rather than the New Orleans or somewhere else, you know, just for travel purposes.
1: I would agree with that, but low key, man. Maybe it's nice to play in a dome in December, or January, so it's not <laughs> snowing. You know, I don't know. I would rather play, I'd rather play in a dome than freeze my butt off in Lambeau Field. That's just me. I'm from the city, <laughs> city boy. <laughs> no, nah, I ain't gonna lie. I'm from the city too. Looking on the other
0: side, I mean, how how big was this win for the Colts on the other side of this?
1: It was a huge win, man. And Philip Rivers, he did his thing. I don't know if I trust him completely. I really quickly want to ask you what's the trust percentage on Philip Rivers? For me, it's like.
0: I don't trust zero? him. Zero? I was going to go with 50. I don't, I don't trust him at all. I was going to go with 50. I, I do not trust him.
1: That's a <laughs> tough look for my guy, <laughs> Philip, right there, man. I don't
0: trust him one bit. I I just really don't I mean, they almost threw that game. Not to even talk about with bad clock management down the stretch of the game. I mean, they had they had an incomplete pass. I want to say they had a holding call that brought him all the way back to kick him out of field goal range. He's a veteran quarterback. He knows what to do. They should just be a lot better in that situation.
1: Come on, this isn't your first rodeo, you know? Exactly what you said. You should know better than that. You're not some rookie coming out of Oregon, coming out of Texas, wherever it is, you should know this, you know? Exactly. It's
0: a great win for them. I mean, they move on to to what? I think they're 7 and 3.
1: Yeah, they're 7 and 3 right now. And do you think they're legit contenders? Definitely, man. Their
0: defense is elite. I mean, their defense has massively improved, especially with the addition of DeForest Buckner.
1: Yeah, their defense doesn't get the love it gets. The only thing it's really missing is like that lockdown corner, right? but i love their defense. Uh, Darius Leonard had a bone to pick with Aaron Rodgers. I saw early in, like earlier in the week he said I saw Aaron Rodgers said Fred Warner is the best uh, linebacker in football. He's like hopefully he'll I'll, he'll change his mind after and Darius Leonard is a monster. DeForest Buckner same thing. I love the Colts, man. Yeah, they're, they're tough.
0: They're a tough out, man. I mean they're they're going to be something to to deal with in the AFC. I mean Jonathan Taylor Jonathan Taylor is improving every week even though he's had some fumbling issues and you know all that but they still they still have a great running they still have a great running back room regardless i mean they still got Naheem Hines they got Jonathan Taylor they'll be, they're going to be all right the one guy that's been MIA for them that still hasn't made i i can't remember the last time he's made a big play is TY
1: Hillen. it's been shocking how bad he's been i think part of his injury but this is like the ty hilton experience lately you know he gets hurt banged up he tries to play through it he kind of doesn't produce and if they could find a way to get him healthy and get him going with michael pittman and zach pascal i really like their receivers at that point you know he's kind of what they're missing and they still got paris campbell too who haven't really seen him from i love i love myself some michael pittman i like them coming out of the draft
0: but they're gonna be a they're gonna be a problem it was a big win for them. With the other team in their division, who they're going to be playing next week,
1: let's talk about the Tennessee Titans and how. No, no, no. Let's talk about these transitions because they're on fire today, <laughs> man. I was, I was, i was shocked by this. No offense. No. Is offense. it more shocking than seeing great. Derrick Henry run all over the Ravens' defense? <laughs> Absolutely not. Only thing I miss is watching Earl Thomas get turned around twice Jeez. in a play.
0: Nah, he's too busy he, he's too busy <laughs> stiff arming any like Sean Elliott or Chuck Clark out there.
1: Yeah, honestly, this was a bad matchup for the Ravens considering Brandon Williams and Calais Campbell didn't play. Kinda kinda could have used those two Definitely. guys. Overall this game for me just reaffirmed that Tennessee is a good team, man. I don't want to say the Ravens are a bad team, but they're kind of sputtering right now, and they kind of need to figure it out. What do you think? One name,
0: Lamar Jackson. I know that's your boy, but he's a problem right now.
1: He's Stop. a problem right now. No, 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 no. He's no, a problem. No, no. I Don't he's even start. Stop it. He Why? He cannot play from behind.
0: He just can't. He cannot play from behind. Any time where he has to, they make were some down throws by to get 10. Back in the
1: game. He struggles. I mean, they they were behind. I still agree. With, I agree with that fact that playing from behind, they still got to prove it to me. They can play from behind. But overall, I wouldn't say this loss is on Lamar. I think this loss is just on the whole team collectively. The defense didn't play great, and honestly, the offense of Baltimore is just a mess. They haven't really changed much from last year. And I don't know if you know this. I'm sure you do because you're not an idiot. People in the NFL figure stuff out pretty quick. The Chip Kelly office didn't make it more than like one year and it got shut down. Greg Roman fits him so well, but something that
0: I was remembering during that game, people figured out Kaepernick and Greg Roman was the offense coordinator for the 49ers back in their heyday and Colin Kaepernick only read one half of the field and people figured it out he was he was electric to 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 start out not a lot of people had film on him but as he progressed he got worse and people started to pick up on his tendencies people started to put more spies up people started to roll their coverages into certain spots on the field into certain receivers and it 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 exposed them And I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to be that bad down to Colin Kaepernick's, you know, level of play. I don't think it's going to be that bad, but it's really something to look at because he's showing some signs where it's not looking too good. His throws are inaccurate. I feel like he's kind of relying on his legs more. And I mean, credit to him. They don't have no receivers. I'll give you that. I mean, Willie Snead's not cutting it. Marquise Brown is, I mean, I like Marquise Brown, but he's not a number one guy. I mean, they just don't have a number one guy. I mean, who they have, Mark Andrews? I mean, Mark Andrews is a solid tight end. He's maybe top five. Throw up the X.
1: Dez is back. <laughs> he's the number one. If you're relying on Dez Bryant at this point, that's pretty bad. I was going to say, the honestly, the same thing. I'm sorry to interrupt you. But the same complaints I remember hearing from San Francisco fans about Greg Roman, oh, the pass game, the pass game. Well, now those now those concerns are in Baltimore, and I'm not saying it's all in Greg Roman. I would say it's probably there's blame on both parties, Lamar, the Ravens front office for not getting him no weapons on the outside, and Greg Roman. I think they really need to revamp the pass game. Like you said, teams know where they're going to throw the ball. How many times can you hit Mark Andrews on a drag or a curl over the middle? You, If they don't throw the ball outside the numbers, it's too easy to stop. Great offenses. You need to defend every spot. One, you're a Raider fan. You're f- afraid of Patrick Holmes wherever he throws the ball. No one's afraid of Baltimore if they throw the ball outside the numbers. It just puts them in a bind. Exactly what you're saying. Yeah,
0: and I mean they
1: have they have their good moments. I mean, don't
0: get me wrong. It's not terrible. They were up at one point in this game. It looked like it looked like Tennessee was. uh, you know what? They don't got it this year. You know, but. Tennessee's just one of those teams you can't, you cannot let them linger. They're like roaches;
1: they, they keep on fighting. They, they stay alive, bro. <laughs> what they a stay alive. They're tough, man. Honestly, so you, do you consider Tennessee a legit contender? Definitely. I just want to say this: Ryan Tannehill is a, is a very good
0: quarterback, top ten. He is playing phenomenal, very good. I like myself some Ryan Tannehill.
1: And- I don't think it's the easiest to play quarterback on the Titans too, because sometimes they're so reliant on the run game. He he doesn't throw the ball all that much sometimes, you know. Yeah,
0: but he makes he makes some. But throws, he also man. like he, he he like on the other side, Tennessee has some solid receivers. Like A.J. Brown is the dog for the Tennessee Titans. He's great. Corey Davis isn't is a slouch. I mean, Corey Davis, I mean, he probably got overdrafted,
1: but he's still solid, you know? He's still a really good guy to have. I'd say he's a good number exactly. two. Exactly, he fits the number two. I like Jonu Smith, too. He's a, he's explosive for a tight end. He's like young Delaney, but even faster, you know? Does a little bit of exactly. everything. And then they got the best running back in the league. So Lamar Jackson <laughs> plays on Tennessee? I'm sorry. I, Lamar's my boy. He's a quarterback. I'm just making a joke because everyone says he's a running back. But, I mean, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, demolished them they crushed their hearts what's your nickname for derrick henry Henry. that you've had before anyone
0: else i'm trademarking that i'm the first one to call derrick henry smoke henry and if this podcast ever gets big i want all the credit (laughs) because i think smoke henry is a great name because he's just he's dude he's a he's an Pain to tackle. I seen I seen him cleat a dude. I, I seen him cleat Patrick Queen right in the face because he's just diving <laughs> at his feet, trying all of like all of his strength to take down this guy. It's it's crazy, man. He's he's 6'3, 230 plus pounds. The dude runs like a freaking gazelle. He's unstoppable, man. And the way that they finish that game, it's in great fashion. Like there's no other way to end it. They literally snatched Baltimore's heart.
1: You, you don't see Baltimore get out physicaled a lot, man. Tennessee whooped their butts at yeah. the end of the game. Uh, Derrick Henry, 250 pounds plus, I might add. <laughs> You're probably right. And uh, <laughs> no, I, yeah. Uh, and also, you were calling him that before even NFL stuff. You know, he, like This was a draft process. You were calling him Smoke Henry. And I remember hearing when he got to Alabama, some of the coaches were making fun of him saying, When's he going to get that number 90? Because they thought he was going to play D line with his big butt, you know. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's he's a handful, man. Tennessee has a big has a big week this week. They're going to play the Colts. I'm going to definitely watching that game. Two great teams. Let's see what the AFC South comes down to.
1: Have they played this year? Yeah, they play. This they their played first on meeting. Thursday
0: night. Um,
1: the Colts actually won. Mike Vrabel is he a good coach? Yeah, I think he's a good coach. And I don't think he's great on offense or he's spectacular on defense. I just think he's, he just motivates people. You know, he puts people in good positions. He like empowers players. And that's important. You don't yeah. always have to be the best schemer, he, you know? Phil Jackson didn't always have the best schemes, he was the best motivating player. Definitely. And that I mean, you,
0: you can tell the guys play hard for him. I just want to bring up one more thing because I know we're going to get into some NBA talk right now. But tell me that you saw that Joe Burrow play
1: where he tore his knee. That was so bad. I'm thinking about it. Guy came from the blind side. Was it Chase Young? I'm not sure who, who hit him? it
0: was. I just know his knee. I, I saw this video on Instagram. I think I sent it to you. But, I mean, his knee literally popped out and it popped back in. I mean, it was nasty.
1: It was so bad. It didn't even just look like a torn ACL. It looked like, like you said, it looked like the knee almost broke. It bent like It bent like a break, you know, like Alex Smith. like, it snapped. It looked like it snapped almost. And as soon as it happened, I'm like, oh, that's bad, you know. And it's such a bad thing for the Bengals. You know, I know they're the Bengals and no one expects anything out of them. But that's just so bad. It's sad because he's a monster too, man. He was having such a good rookie year. Him and Herbert have really been tearing the league up. And it was Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, I think, that hit him.
0: Joe Burrow, I mean, get healthy, man. I mean, I hope he comes back soon. It's going to be a while. The Bengals suck. I mean, their offensive line sucks. Get
1: that man some help. Honestly, I, I hope he comes back healthy because, you know, his game isn't just about sitting back there. I know he's why he's not that athletic, but, man, he makes people miss. He fights to keep plays alive, and that's what I loved about him, you know. I've seen so many times where he makes two guys miss and throws a laser at T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd, you know. And they were talking about there's some structural damage. And I remember that happened to a guy named Marcus Lattimore. He was going to be like a, you know, a really high pick. He was a great running back. And he blew out his knee. And there was structural damage. And it just was never the same. I don't know if that's still the the case with Joe Burrow. I'm not a doctor. But, you know, I just hope best case scenario, you know. Yeah. Same here, man. Praise up for Joe Burrow. Straight up, man, honestly. Thanks a lot. Thanks again, football team. (laughs) Yeah, messed up your name. You messed up Joe Burrow
0: with your bad ownership, bad culture, bad, bad field, bad hey, mascot. One more thing, <laughs> it's that that field is cursed. <laughs> Did you see how many quarterbacks got hurt on that? Kyle Allen got hurt. Alex Smith, uh, uh, Joe Burrow. I'm forgetting another one, but
1: that field is just. Maybe we should go up there and just you can try to snap my leg. <laughs> No, that's really sad, though. I'm not even trying to make a joke out of it. Like, geez, you know, it's just – and the Burrow hit, it wasn't a dirty hit. It was just a weird angle. Guy jumped at him. It's just guys piling up. Hitting him low.
0: It's just guys piling up, man. It's football. I mean, it sucks.
1: You know what could have helped? Maybe you draft, like, a good line or something for your rookie quarterback. I don't know. I've never ran a football team, but I just think that would be important, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it sucks talking about sad news. So, hopefully, we're going to transition to something a little more happier, especially for us Laker fans these days. We're going to talk about some NBA free agency, and we're just going to talk about s- six teams. We're going to talk about, basically, what I would call the contenders right now. Don't be mad, Charlotte Hornet fans. You're not a contender. Hold on. Know, you're hold You got on bamboozled. Now. Don't disrespect. Gordon's Shut up. Hold like on. That. Sorry. Michael... Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan as a player. He's Kwame Brown as an owner. Okay? (laughs) All right. Sorry. You're right. (laughs) Moving on to teams that actually have a chance of doing something this year in basketball, Uh, we're going to talk about the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, Denver, Milwaukee, Celtics, and Heat. So basically, the last six teams remaining. Yeah. And let's start with the Lakers. So the free agency opened on Friday, really opened probably, what, two weeks ago? Because everyone yeah. tampers. Basically. Everyone tampers. So the Lakers, they kept Contavious Caldwell-Pope three years for $40 million. Real quick, what do you think of that deal? KCP, man, I mean, he arguably had the best game in
0: the finals. I mean, game six. I'm, I, best game in the finals, should I say, besides AD and LeBron. Out of the role guys, you know. And he had he had a big game six. I mean, him and Rondo really did close out that game. I mean, I know he has his shooting struggles. I mean, but, I mean, I like the signing. It's not it's not a ridiculous amount of money, but, I mean, I'll take it. I think it's a good signing,
1: re-signing. I feel bad for him, kind of, because in the beginning of the year, he struggled a little bit. People were calling him a bum, but he really played well until the NBA got stopped, and he played good in the restart. And one important thing to look at is three years, $40 million. It's not like the Lakers offered him that money at the start of free agency. You know? They he was the best three and D wing on the t- left on the free agency, and they needed a three and D wing. Danny Green had been traded. I love the signing, another clutch guy. Bronze happy, AD's gonna be happy. So let's keep everybody happy. I like the signing. He's not gonna change our whole team, but it's a good signing. You know, he's an important piece. I would say.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Now they also signed Marc Gasol, who apparently had retired to Spain to play basketball, but he's back apparently. Uh, two years. I love the signing. He's a good defender. He can shoot the three ball. Now we actually have a shooter at the big, and we have a five shooting lineup. I can't wait to see what that looks like for Braun and AD. Do you agree? Or you have anything you'd like to add? I mean, did Gasol look good in the
0: in the in the restart? Though I really don't feel like he he looked that good in the last time
1: we seen him. He did shoot a whopping 18% from three in the playoffs. But I'm gonna go with what history has told me about Marcusaw the last thirteen years and the you know, the season before the restart, you know? But you have valid concerns. I agree with that. That was a tough look for my guy Marcus Saw. I like Marcus Saw
0: about three years ago, but I just feel like is he better than the combination of JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard?
1: I would say no, but McGee got McGee got a you know he had a go so, and I don't want Dwight back because he's a snake. Sorry, <laughs> we'll get into but, that uh, a little bit later. But yeah. I agree. Yeah, uh, I would say no. He's not better than the combination of the two, and you you lose the athleticism like you had told me earlier before we started taping, and I'm a little worried about that. But he did end up having some good defensive numbers at the rim, which I'm happy about. I I would. I would
0: count on his defense being a little bit better just because he'll have AD around him, you know. But, I mean, like you said, he brings shooting, so we do have more shooting on the floor. But that leads us to another guy that they signed who does not have no shooting. And I would love to hear your comments about the Lakers signing Montrez
1: Harrell. Genuinely shocked when it happened. Uh, he killed his value in the restart. He struggled immensely. I honestly couldn't believe we signed him. Like, there's a part of me that's happy, and there's a part of me that's like, wow. Like, I don't know this guy. I mean, I don't know. I'm not really thrilled about it, but it's better than anything we had off the bench. I mean, at least he's. I feel like he's a regular season signing. Like he's gonna be good in the regular season. He's gonna average 16 points, and the postseason we're like, yo, we have this guy named Anthony Davis. So you can just, like, wave your towel, all right? Yeah, I'm honestly surprised that he signed with
0: us. I mean, I really don't see the big role that he's going to have. I mean, when I say big role, I mean, if I was him, I would look for a team that I can start in crunch time because, honestly, I don't see him playing in crunch time. I mean, he's going to be a great six man for us. He's going to bring energy off the floor. Um, He's going to bring energy off the bench. So, I mean, I get that part, but I don't see him finishing with us. I mean, I see us I see us more finishing with Markeith Morris that we just signed
1: than Montres Harrell. Yeah, he's going to crunch the floor in crunch time, no pun intended, because he can't shoot. Uh, like you said, I love the energy. He's going to play like the Dwight Howard energy roll off the bench, and with him and Caruso, that's a lot of energy to bring off the bench, which I love the idea of. But honestly, I think he signed with the Lakers one because he hates the Clippers because of the star treatment Paul George and Kawhi get. Paul George might not deserve that, but that's a whole nother debate. But um, I think that's why he signed with the Lakers, just to stick it to the Clippers. And he's a clutch guy, I believe. And I think people think LeBron's going to get me paid. You know, that's what I think. I don't love it. I'd say overall, I'm like 60% happy with a 40% like eh about it. I mean, Laker fans are thrilled about it. A lot of Laker fans don't look at the big picture of it. It's essentially a one year contract. If he balls out, he ain't coming back. He's going to get paid. Yeah. And Laker fans just look at the 18 points a game, get excited, exactly. six man of the year. But how does he fit next to everybody? One thing I'll say is I kind of believe he can fit because AD and LeBron with you, anyone could fit next to them because they're so versatile. Uh, I think, is that anything you want to add to that? Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, crunch time, I feel
0: like. Who's going to be starting for us will be LeBron, Schroeder, um, Anthony Davis, Mark Gasol, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And if we play a team who goes small ball, I feel like they'll replace Gasol with Marquise Morris and just slide AD to the five. So I mean, I don't see him I don't see hey. him in in crunch time. I think that's just a big problem to me personally. But he's gonna bring energy. He's gonna he's gonna probably win games for us on those nights where we're playing Detroit or Atlanta. Well, probably not Atlanta. Atlanta's probably <laughs> they signed a couple of guys. Or like the Charlotte Hornets, you know, on a back to back and he's gonna bring that energy, you know, like you said with Caruso and with guys off the bench. So He's going to ball. He's he, I I don't I don't feel like he's going to be a flop. I just I don't I don't love the signing as much as other people do.
1: I I'm with you 100%. It's going to lessen the load on LeBron, which I'm happy about, cuz especially with the condensed off-season. I think that was part of the reasoning for the deal. But that that's enough that, about Montrezl honestly. I'm tired of talking about him. But you brought up Dennis Schroeder, and this is really the last Lakers thing we're going to talk about. I love Dennis Schroeder, the pickup. He's a dog. Chris Paul talks about him. He's a dog. He says, I'm going to miss Rondo's leadership. It sucks to lose Rondo and playoff Rondo. Schroeder balled for Oklahoma City, and he was great against the Rockets. I'm happy we got him. He's he's better than Rajon Rondo right now.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, hopefully he gives us those playoff performances like Rajon Rondo. But as far as right now, on a,
1: on a game-to-game
0: basis in the regular season, by far, Dennis Schroeder is the better player
1: absolutely it's crazy we have two of the six men of the year candidates well harrell won it last year but now we have two of the best six men in the nba and everyone was questioning our bench last year do those questions get answered i think think so. so
0: i mean he brings athleticism to the squad i mean he's gonna be fine i have i have faith in schroeder i i love the trade i mean i feel like he's gonna play well he's gonna he's gonna do his job and he's a he's a He's a non-flashy type of guy. I mean, I feel like he just does his job. So, I overall, I like what what the Lakers and Rob Palinka did, and then slash LeBron because we know LeBron has his hands in there. But I like what they did. <laughs> I mean, I like what they did. I, I I'll give him I'll give him an A. I'll give him an A minus for what they did. I I think it would have been an A plus if they would have signed Serge Ibaka instead of Montres Harrell. But that's just that's just me. I know I know you loved yourself some some Serge Ibaka too.
1: Yeah, I was sad to see him go to the Clippers. And we're going to get into the Clippers right now actually. Another great transition by one. You're killing it today. I just wanted to ask you real quick, which of the Lakers free agents that left are you going to miss the most? Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard, I mean Howard and Rajon Rondo.
0: I think I would say Rajon Rondo just because we didn't really see what Avery Bradley could have did in the bubble because he didn't play but I think the player who's going to have the most impact for a team that you're going to see is Avery Bradley. He's on a heat team. That's full of dogs. They just got themselves a pit, a baby pit bull on their squad. Now. I mean, Avery Bradley, he fits the heat to a T. Am I wrong? Perfect heat culture guy. Yeah. I mean, Ty Riley is going to love him, but we're probably going to miss Rondo more out of all those guys, Rondo, because I think Rondo gave us the most impact in the biggest games and just listening to to Jared Dudley. I mean, shout out to Jared Dudley. I mean, the way that he was talking about how Rondo was in that locker room and how big of a voice he was, it's going to be big. It's going to be big losing Rondo, but I have faith in LeBron, so I I I think we'll be fine, but I I feel like Rondo was
1: the biggest loss. I agree with you. I'm going to miss Rondo the most. I'm going to miss good Rondo the most. Bad Rondo, I'm going to I'm so happy to get rid of him. But I'm going to miss Rondo overall, you know. And we don't mean to talk about our two favorite, you know, our favorite teams more than other teams. It was just a big week in sports for them, you know. Raiders and Lakers were kind of at the forefront of a lot of Definitely. stuff this week. You know, and you know, moving to the Clippers now. They signed the guy we were talking about, Serge Ibaka. I love that move for them. He's going to close out games for them. He's a better fit than Montrez, probably next to Kawhi and PG. He can just spot up, shoot threes, and protect the basket. Man, I'm sad to say, I'm sad to say the Clippers got somebody I really wanted. You know, but they'll mess it up. They're the Clippers. They'll choke. You know, you know what it is.
0: As long as they still got Paul George, I think, I think <laughs> pandemic yeah. Paul George. I, I, I think the the rest of the league will be fine. Serge Ibaka, I mean, I can see him wanting to play with Kawhi, you know. He he probably really likes playing with Kawhi, but I mean, the Clippers didn't really do anything much besides that signing. I mean, they really stayed quiet. They didn't really do much to their team. They didn't really make big moves, but I mean, the Clippers are still going to be there at the end of the day as much as as much criticism I give Paul George, they're still going to be a top team in the west
1: they're gonna want to beat the lakers every time they play so uh are you a fan of the marcus morris four-year 64 million dollar deal they gave him (laughs) who else are they gonna give their money to (laughs) i don't know i feel like that's a that's just such a move horizontally you know he's a good player but for 16 million dollars a year i think that's an overpay i mean i don't even think he's a good chemistry guy you know he's kind of like a ball stopper he's a good defender but you need guys who are more complimentary to Paul George. Maybe they try to trade him for a point guard. So overall, with that I think that's another eh thing, you know? Like 50-50 on it. I don't really think it's going to help them much. And it's a lot of money to give to a guy like that. So overall, it's an overpay for him? Yeah, it's an overpay. I don't, I don't.
0: don't. Who else were they going to sign that was that big of money?
1: Yeah, they really couldn't afford to go after too many people. And they lost Montrez. I thought they should have... I thought they should have brought back Montrez. Honestly, I would have rather had him than Marcus Morris on my team. You know, they, they don't really have an to. energy guy now, which I'm kind they of worried about. To. Yeah, that's, that's true. Is all heated right now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, when isn't that guy heated? <laughs> but they only made one other really notable move. They traded Landry Shamit. I was surprised they traded him. They got Luke Kinnard. Uh Overall, I think that's a, Luke Kennard's a better player than Shamit. He can do a little bit more. Overall, I give that trade a B. You know, he's Luke Kennard. He's not going to change your team completely, I don't think. But that was a good move on their part, you know. I think he's probably going to be a better shooter
0: than Shamit. The Clippers were just waiting on Shamit to be something, but I just really don't feel like he ever panned out for them. I mean, they will play him in big spots too. But I, I, I'm i glad that Luke Kennard's in a winning situation now and get him off of the Detroit Pistons. I like the trade.
1: Yeah, he's a different shooter than Shaman. He can shoot off the catch, obviously, and he can kind of create for himself, too, which is a lot better than Shaman. He can honestly run some pick and roll. Just an improvement from Shaman. That's what it's all about, just getting improvements, you know? They should have tried to trade for Blake back, too, and they could really retire his number like they said they would.
0: (laughs) Well, on to the team who eliminated the Clippers in (laughs) In –
1: historic, historic fashion. fashion just an extremely extremely tough look for my guy pandemic p and steve Ballmer and <laughs> the clipper organization well they lost what grant right there was they lost jeremy grant jeremy grant signed a three-year 60 million dollar deal with the detroit pistons to just lose 60 games a year awesome they're paying him a million dollars for every game they're gonna lose <laughs> I mean, I can't believe they let him go,
0: man. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't want to sign him. I I thought he was a big piece for them.
1: They signed Paul Millsap to a one-year $10 million contract and Jermichael Green a two-year $15 million deal. You put them together, they're not as good as Jeremy Grant. You know, they're both, like, light versions of him at this stage. I honestly believe Jeremy Grant – Like, is going to set this team back losing him. He's the best fit next to Joker. He guarded LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kawhi, Donovan Mitchell, and Paul George. Those were his five primary assignments to guard. What other guy did that? You're losing your best defender, a guy who can shoot threes, is athletic? You let him walk? Come on. That's a terrible move. I give that an F. Denver's offseason is an F just for losing him. am just playing devil's advocate here, I mean... Maybe they get a
0: piece with trading Porter Jr. That is a possibility. Maybe they want him to be the guy.
1: That's an interesting idea. Offensively, he's better than Jeremy Grant, or his ceiling will be better than Jeremy Grant. I just worry about him on defense because he's terrible. And Jeremy Grant was a good rim protector, he's explosive. You know, this is the thing you have Jokic, right? He kind of puts you in a bind defensively because he's not quick, he's not athletic, can't protect the rim. And you had the perfect four for him, no pun intended, and you let him walk? That's what I don't get. Would you say Jeremy Grant was basically the perfect four next to Jokic? They went to the Western Conference Finals with that guy, and he was
0: one of their biggest parts. I mean, Jeremy, like you said, Jeremy Grant had all the big defense assignments of guarding the best player on the floor, you know? And they're a young
1: team and you let the young team grow together you don't break you don't lose a key piece now they didn't break up the team but you don't want to lose a key piece arguably your third guy and for the most part they've been
0: doing that for no, to be honest for the most part they've been doing that with Mur- especially with Murray and
1: and and Jokic yeah and they've kept Gary Harris they haven't made a trade they still have Will Barton you know like they have all these good players and now you're letting one walk finally i just don't get the logic in that and i mean i brought it up earlier Paul Millsap, one year for ten million dollars. Paul Millsap wasn't playing that much for them in the playoffs. He didn't play in crunch time, really. He had the one big game against the Clippers.
0: Yeah, it, it's a head scratcher for them. It's it's a, it's a big head scratcher for
1: for them to to let Jeremy Grant walk. They also lost Mason Plumley to Detroit because Detroit was like, you know what? We really want your, <laughs> we really want two guys from your team. Mason Plumley, come on down. I mean, I don't think that's a huge loss for them, honestly. He's not that great of a player. It is another body. He was solid for them. He kind of had some playmaking in his game. I think they can replace that a lot easier than Jeremy Grant. You know, same thing with Tory Craig. He's a 3 and D guy. They got him undrafted. They got plenty of guys waiting in the wings to take his spot. But overall, like, the two signings they made, you know, we kind of just talked about this, but Paul Millsap, Jermichael Green, Do those guys really help this team? Like, I know Jamichael Green's going to be Jeremy Grant, but is he just a lesser version than Jeremy Grant, you would say? Yeah, I would agree with that statement. And then would you say they've gotten worse this offseason compared to, I would say, most teams have gotten better. Like, Clippers have gotten better so far, and I think the Lakers have gotten better. And they've gotten worse, you would say?
0: Yeah, they've gotten worse with with losing Jeremy Grant.
1: Yeah, and honestly, that's all they really did. They drafted R.J. Hampton, but he's not going to play much this year. So, honestly... I'd give them a D on their off season so far. Yeah. I mean, we're not really grading them. I'm just telling yeah. you guys what I think. You know, it's just a bad off season for them. Move over from the West. And let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks and what they did. This is another team, honestly, that's been really busy this offseason. We're gonna get to the Giannis Supermax last. Okay? They're just preferencing that right now. They made a huge trade. They traded Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and five first-round picks, basically. It ended up becoming a four-team deal with a bunch of teams. So, basically, George Hill goes with the Thunder. The Pelicans get Eric Bledsoe, five first-round picks, Stephen Adams, and the Bucks get Drew Holiday. I can tell you right now, I don't love the trade. I think they gave up way too much for Drew Holiday. No disrespect to Drew Holiday. Juan, what do you think?
0: I think they gave up way too much. I love Drew Holiday. I love it, but the picks that they give up, I mean, a 2024, a 2025, and a 2027. Bro, that's that's six years from now. You know where you're going to be in six years? I know it's a first-round pick, and they're they're not that valuable in the NBA, but,
1: hell, you don't know where you're going to be in six years. Go ask the Brooklyn Nets. They did that one time, and it backfired on them so badly with the Paul Pierce and KG trade. You know, that's what I'm talking about. You're going all in for right now. It's scary to me, you know, and there's no protection on the picks. And what would you say Milwaukee's biggest problem is in the playoffs? I'd say their biggest problem is their half-court offense. You know, it's the score in the half-court, and they don't really have anyone who's an elite shot maker or creator. You know, Middleton's a solid guy. And I feel like Drew Holiday is another guy who's good, not great, you know. Uh, Giannis isn't the type of guy who's going to run the offense, you know. I'm so, And they need to revamp their whole system. That's an, another topic. But for me, if you're going to give up two good players, George Hill was really good for them last year. Bledsoe, I know he struggled in the postseason. He was really good for them. You're going to give up those two guys and five first-round picks? You better get someone who's damn near great in the half court. You can't get just good with all that. And that's what I'm worried about. Drew Holiday, he's a better player, but like we talked about earlier, is he better than George Hill and Eric Bledsoe? For the amount that they gave up
0: for Drew Holiday, wouldn't you argue that
1: they should have got Chris Paul? Yeah, that's way more than they would have had to give up for Chris Paul. They probably would have had to give up Bledsoe in a couple first rounds for Chris Paul at this point, you know?
0: Yeah, Chris. I just think Chris Paul was a better not a better option than Drew Holiday. I love Drew Holiday, but that's way too much for him. Way too much. Chris Paul is just a way better option right now for them, and he brings that shot making that they're missing.
1: And and he brings a leadership component they don't really have. I wouldn't say Giannis is a great leader. Chris Paul is a great leader. We saw what he did with the Thunder. They had no chance to make the playoffs before 0.6, whatever it was. And he had them not at the eight seed, not the seven. He had them at the six seed comfortably in the playoffs. And they were playing good. I mean, not to mention he's
0: hungry as than ever to to win a ring. Wouldn't you think that he'll be way more motivated with the Milwaukee Bucks than the Phoenix Suns?
1: Milwaukee didn't do anything else of no... In the free agency period. They signed Bobby Portis. I think that's actually a nice piece for them. He's a good player. He can score. He's not going to move the needle towards a championship for them. DJ Augustine, they've signed to replace George Hill. I think that's gonna help them a lot. But again, it's not a crazy great move. And they signed Tory Craig, a three and D guy. So they didn't really make a huge splash other than this trade, and I don't think it was a great trade. I feel like it would have been better with the Bogdanovich trade or the
0: what what they do? um
1: Well, so it's a it's a nightmare. They apparently they had a trade for him, but no one talked to him about playing Milwaukee. And then there was a report that they were tampering, and this was all a ploy to get out of the tampering. And then he just ended up signing with the Hawks. And the Kings haven't matched the offer. We don't know what's going to happen. Well, at the time we're recording this, they still have time to match it. Just a nightmare. And I, and the trade for him was just Dante Divincenzo. I would have loved that move a lot more than the Drew Holiday, but that move fell through, and it's kind of a weird look for them.
0: Yeah, it is a weird look because I would have liked that. I would have liked that that move that they did. And with them just getting Drew Holiday, like you said, I mean, it's, it's not enough. It's not enough with the signings that they had with Bobby Portis and Tony Craig. All those guys are just role players. I mean,
1: is it enough if Giannis agrees to the Supermax for five years, $250 million?
0: If that was the case, but we don't know that. That's your that's your plan to to keep Giannis like, hey, we signed Drew Holiday. We gave up first round picks from six years from now.
1: Giannis, I know you're dying to play with Bobby Portis and get socked in the face at practice. Will you resign? Yeah, I mean it's it's ridiculous. If if it is the case where he does sign, I'll take back what I said. Good job. That's The key is getting Giannis to sign the Supermax. Me and you don't have inside sources at the Bucks or who know Giannis. But just in a vacuum, I don't like to trade. If it nets them Giannis long-term, great trade. Because that's what the thing about trades in today's NBA. It's not always about the people you're trading for. It's about the people who you're going to get to keep because of the people you traded for.
0: Yeah. If... if it- if like you said, if if it keeps them in Milwaukee, you do whatever you got to do. You keep you keep Giannis.
1: Uh, remind me one who did the Bucks lose to in the playoffs? That will be the Miami Heat. The Heat have had a quiet off season so far because we know it's about twenty twenty one. How long have we been hearing that one? A year or two now. About twenty twenty one for agency. Let's keep the books open. Yeah,
0: definitely. It's Giannis and whoever they can get their hands on.
1: They still have a lot of trade pieces. Oh, absolutely. And we teased this earlier. Avery Bradley signed with them. You're, we've already talked about That's a great signing for them. Fits the heat culture. In every deal they made, it's a basically a one-year deal because they can get out of it if they want to for next year to keep the cap space open. So they got Goran Dragic back on a two-year great $37 signing. million dollar contract. Signing. I love the signing of Dragic. It sucked what happened to him in the finals. You get hurt in game one, and he, was, he wasn't he was healthy. He wasn't Goran Dragic. He destroyed the Celtics, and they also brought back Myers Leonard on a two-year, $20 million team option. So it's one year for $10 million. That's whatever. It's just a body to throw. He can shoot. Not a big signing. So, you know, I like sorry. the Moharkless um, signing, too. Another 3 and D guy. That's, about, that's what the league's turning into. It's just about how many 3 and D guys you can honestly collect and they did sign big Udonis Haslam big for one OG. more year. Is this jersey going to be retired when he's all done with the no, Heat? No, they're too busy retiring 23 for Michael Jordan. <laughs> well, he wears 40, so I think <laughs> – no, that's, I don't know why they did that. But honestly, didn't he he'll get his jersey retired? I feel like he deserves it, man. He's an OG. He's an OG for the Heat. Especially with an organization like the Heat that don't have like a great history of players. You know, throw his jersey up there. He's been good for you for twenty years. He's been sacrificing a lot. You know, he could have been retired with his kids and stuff, but he wants to be on the heat and build that culture up. And he's a big part of it. You know, this is the most anyone's talked about. Udantas Haslam in five years. I'm yeah. gonna guess. I mean, but he, I'm just giving him props. He gets into the
0: he gets into the players' ass, dude. Like, you can see him on the bench yelling at dudes, motivating guys. Like, he's a coach out there. He's the second
1: extension of of Spulture out there. Absolutely. I think he's going to have a career in coaching when this is all said and done, probably with the Heat. And I think their offseason was probably more about the losses than the re-signings. They lost Jay Crowder and Derek Jones and Solomon Hill, but I would say the first two guys are a bigger part of their team. Yeah, Jay. From last year that went to the finals. Sorry, that went to the finals. Jay
0: Crowder is definitely a
1: big loss. He, He made some very big shots. In the bubble, he balled for them, and especially against Boston, he was a—he's a tough, tenacious defender. He's valuable in today's NBA. Any team would want Jay Crowder, and Derek Jones. He's a young, athletic wing. He can do a lot of different things. That departure is not going to hurt the Heat, but I would like him on my team. He's a solid player.
0: Yeah, uh, Derek Jones. He's—he's he's solid. He—he he needs another opportunity. I'm kind of glad that he got out, out of Miami. See what he does with the Portland Blazers, I mean, Portland's always looking for new guys. I mean, they're over there signing Carmelo Anthony, hoping that he's gonna give them something, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's two mellows in the league. Officially. It's a whole new it's a whole new ball game. <laughs> Do you think they've done enough to get back to the finals? You still think this team can compete for a championship?
0: Yeah. As long as long as they keep their their core with Butler, Drogic and
1: bam, I think they'll be fine. I agree too. They're I agree with that. I don't think they're the front runner for the championship, but I think they're a threat. Yeah, they're a threat. They're a threat definitely. But I think they're only
0: one of their big problems I'm I'm looking at right now, I I don't know how they match up with the Nets.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be tough. The Nets are gonna be a tough matchup for anyone, but there's so much health dependency on that and first year head coach, I'm not really sure what to think of them, you know? And honestly, they matched up great with the Celtics, who we're talking about next, and this is the last free agency stuff we're gonna get into today. The Celtics had a quiet off season. Honestly, they signed Jeff T, Tristan Thompson, woof. Uh Tristan Thompson, right? Yeah, I know. And they re signed Jason Tatum to a five year, $195 million contract. I like the move. It's it's a little scary to give a guy two hundred million dollars who's had one good season, one bad season. But I'm pretty confident. Hey, I'm pretty confident Tatum's gonna be worth it. Hey, is there any doubt in your mind? No doubt in my mind,
0: uh, especially with the combination of him and Jalen Brown. I feel like him and Jalen Brown comp- complement each other pretty well. I, I've had, I've had like a seesaw kind of, kind of thought on Jason Tatum. He's hot. He's cold. I do like what he's done in the playoffs though with the aftermath of it I do I do like the the end result from him I feel like it's going to be worth it and he's a he's a great face of the franchise type of guy for the Celtics he works hard he's a big shot maker
1: he's going to be good he's he's only going to get better I wouldn't be surprised if he was an MVP candidate in the next couple years one of the years you know I don't think he's going to I don't think he's the type of guy to win an MVP, but to be in the conversation, I think he is one of those type of guys. And Tristan Thompson, it's not a big signing. It's a good backup big man. Maybe he starts. You know, they didn't really have a lot of cap space. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken,
0: Tristan Thompson was one of those guys last season that were, you know, threatening to be bought out and on the the market. So he's another body to... To be honest, who plays? Does Tristan Thompson play
1: or does Dice play? I like Dice more than Tristan Thompson at this point. Dice can shoot a little bit. He's tough nosed. Boston has shown that they don't really care about the centers they have, they just want serviceable big guys. Ever since Al Horford left, they haven't really got anyone as good as him. And this is what I was going to bring up really quick because there's not really much to talk about with them. But do you think it's kind of concerning that they've lost three stars in three years? Kyrie and Horford and now Gordon Hayward is that Danny Ainge I mean Horford worked out for them I would say I think
0: Horford put in more value to that team more than Kyrie and Gordon Hayward Gordon Hayward is just bad luck though I mean Gordon Hayward with with that injury it's that's just unlucky that's just unlucky man because he was a great player in Utah and the guy that they were signing. He was he was good. He was good, man. He he was solid. He played great defense. He was he was a good shot maker. It's just bad luck with the with the whole leg injury and even during the playoffs. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't really play that much and when he and and it feels like when he does start playing good and he does start showing signs something happens. He gets hurt
1: or he just falls off with his play. I agree with that. It's just well, first, with Hayward, it sucks. He broke his foot, or he broke his ankle the first 10 minutes of the season. It just derailed it. It was honestly a two-year injury. You couldn't base him off last year. This year, he had signs of you know being that guy. But the reason I brought this up was just because I think it's just weird because you know, Horford opted out, and they were talking about bringing him back, and then it just didn't never happen, and now Hayward opted out, and they were talking about signing and trading him to Indiana. And he just left. I just think it's weird, you know. Danny Ainge, there's been a lot of backlash to him about the way he treated Isaiah Thomas. Now you got all these stars leaving, you know. And part of being a good NBA general manager is attracting stars. And it's just a weird look for me, you know. I just think it's weird the way it's played out for them. Yeah, he's definitely cutthroat. Definitely cutthroat. And that's good and bad because in the NBA today especially, it's about the relationships you can form with the stars, you know. I don't think Danny Ainge could attract some of the younger guys just the way he's done business, you know. And I'm not saying he's wrong for doing that. I'm just saying that's something to think about.
0: And they lose another big body, and, and it's Cantor. So,
1: yeah, I don't think they're going to miss that with Thompson. But, yeah, Cantor wasn't bad for them last year. He's going back to Portland where he shined that one year. Overall, I wouldn't say they had a good offseason. They didn't have a bad one. Ex- getting Tatum to sign the deal was a big was the big thing, and they did that well, so. Overall, not too bad of an offseason for them. Losing Hayward, would you say it really hurts them with all the wings they have? No, it Anna? doesn't
0: hurt them. doesn't hurt
1: them at all. I know they're glad to get that contract out of there. Oh, absolutely. It's just weird that they didn't get anything back, and if you look at the contracts on their team, it's either really big or really small. And Marcus Smart's the only guy with who's making a decent amount of money, so that's what makes it kind of hard to do trades with Boston. And I know they don't want to get rid of Marcus Smart. I wouldn't want to get rid of him either. He's a hell of a player. And the last thing I have to ask you about Boston's offseason is is what's the 1 out of 10 hot level seat of Brat Stevens right now? I would say it's a 6.
0: I feel like that's a little bit too high. I wouldn't say a 6. I would say maybe a
1: 4. I feel like the, his reputation kind of has outperformed what he's actually done in a certain degree. Everyone's like, this guy is a great young coach. He's going to be the next thing. But he hasn't won anything. I know LeBron lived in the East and it made life hell for him. But I want to see him actually get to the finals. You know, I want to see them take the next step. Let me be frank. I don't want to see them take the next step because I hate the Celtics. I'm a Laker fan. But I'm just saying, you know, being unbiased, they got to make the step one of these next couple years. They should have made the
0: finals in the bubble. They should have with Milwaukee out and them beating Toronto, no LeBron in the East. They should have made the finals. I think the bubble was their shot to do it. Because the, the first um, two years ago against LeBron, it's LeBron. You have an excuse. And then the second year was with Kyrie. Kyrie kind of, you know, cancered the locker room. He wasn't a good fit. It is what it is. But they reloaded with Kemba Walker last year. Jason Tatum still played good. Jalen Brown, you know, guys were getting their rhythm. Guys were playing good. They should have made it last year. I know the Heat were the Cinderella team, and they were on fire and all this and that, but Boston had more talent than the Heat.
1: Would you agree? It's close, but I would go with, yeah, they had more talent than the Heat. I think the Heat were better coached and had more dog in them than Boston. I kind of want to see some more dogs on Boston. I know Marcus Smart's a dog. Tatum and Brown sometimes play a little too cool for me. I want to see more fights inside of Brown and Tatum. Yeah.
0: At the end of the day, those they'll, they'll be in the mix. They they'll be fine. They're they're gonna be good.
1: We're all right, man. Let's wrap it up. You wanna call it a podcast? I think it was a good first one, honestly. It's been a while. It's been we had a we had a you know, we had to get the rust off, you know. We're playing our first game in a while. We had to get a, a fuel first of Yeah, I had butterflies, you know.
0: It feels good, though, man. It feels good. With that said, let's go ahead and send you guys out. would like to thank you guys
1: if you guys made it this far. Max, you got any last words? Appreciate you guys for making it this far. And if you didn't, come on. Come on. We're great. We're amazing. You love us. Just admit it. But uh, thank you guys for being with us, Juan. I appreciate you. And we'll be back soon. Real soon, Real I believe. Soon.
0: We're going to try to get some picks out for you guys, talk a little bit more NFL. But I love doing this, man. Had a good time. All right, peace. All right, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving.